Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 687 with a review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, I know this movie came out a long time ago in theaters, but we're finally able to watch it. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is now available on Disney+. Plus. Um, to start this episode off, I just want to ask you something, Stephen. When you logged in, did you notice the little banner that said, like, presented in, like, a special IMAX enhanced version um, for home? I don't remember seeing that. I, I don't know <laughs> if it matters, but I have my Apple TV set to the HDR mode instead of the Dolby mode. That because should... I suspected that motion smoothing was turning on when I had Dolby on because I don't know <laughs> what either of these words mean. <laughs> So yeah, I don't well, know if that makes a difference. I, I don't know if it does, but like when I saw that badge, I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And then like I started Googling around. I'm like, okay, why is nobody talking about this? And then I realized it's because nobody probably noticed because the entire film was edited to be slightly larger than normal widescreen aspect ratio. Mm. So when you get this IMAX enhanced format, what you're really just getting is a slightly more square image. So it's ba it basically means that your black bars at the top and the bottom of the frame were like half the size that they would normally be above and below the frame. Mm -hmm. So there's no transition that was happening. But when I saw that, I've never seen this badge appear on anything at home, but it really, really excites me for the potential of being able to, you know, one day get an updated download of Tenet or something yeah. um, that like I can I, watch. I mean, that has always been weird to me that these movies that are filmed partly with IMAX cameras, you just watch it in widescreen and they don't show you the part of the movie that was filmed that doesn't yeah. fit in the frame. It, it, that always seemed like an odd choice for streaming. I assume that one of the reasons why they might not do it is because they don't have the, they probably don't have the technology currently to split the stream so mm -hmm. that, because otherwise you'd have to bake in the black, which means yeah. you would potentially have, depending on how they did it, you could potentially have two different color blacks at the top of your right, screen, yeah, yeah. the baked in one sure. and then the non-baked in one. But I mean, as long as they did it in actual 16 you know, basically your actual television uh, aspect ratio, then maybe it would be fine to have it switch back and forth because you would have your correct baked in blacks. But yeah, seeing this badge really excited me just for the idea of potentially soon in the future being able to have a film that changes aspect ratio as I'm projecting it at home. Like it, it just it, it, it super excited me, but I spent longer than I should have trying to find an explanation of exactly what scenes were changed. And then I finally found a GIF online that was like a shot from the movie with somebody like dodging an attack. And you could see the lines of what widescreen is and you could see the, the mm -hmm. little tiny bit bigger. And I was like, oh, that's why nobody's talking about it, because no one recognized that it was happening because it didn't change ever. But yeah, see, I'm my excited. two thoughts. One, it would be cool to also have a TV that changes with it. <laughs> like it just gets taller all of a sudden. Uh, and two, it would be funny if I didn't see the badge because it was at like the very bottom of the screen and mine was zoomed was in and couldn't off see the IMAX. <laughs> the IMAX margin. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess, I mean, they do have the TVs that sync into the base station that they're on. So that one could extend um, and show you the bigger picture. But it'd be weird that the screen is only growing from the bottom and then you'd have to like pan and scan. You'd have to basically yeah. make your stream specific for that TV for it to make sense. But, but it could be cool. You could, you could have like the yeah. little curtains that are <laughs> controlled that expand with it to help like 
I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Wouldn't be distracting at all. Yeah. <laughs> all you have to do is buy an entire theater with programmable curtains and everything's great. But anyways, are you ready to finally talk about Shang-Chi? Oh, I'm ready. All right. We are going to take a listen to the trailer for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. right. He's just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. I thought I could change my name. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. You can't run from your past. Is this what you wanted? You got this. Thank you. All right, so Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is the story of this uh, young man named Shang-Chi who grew up the son of a, a uh, call him like a warlord, <laughs> um, who wields the power of these um, unknown origin ten rings that allow him to, you know, kick ass and, and be uh, super awesome, but like as a bad guy. And uh, Shang-Chi ran away from home and has been living in San Francisco, uh, just having a normal life, doing his own thing. Um, when he is uh, approached by some folks from his past that cause him to uh, return home and deal with the legacy of his father and uh, potential future of, of his family, et cetera, et cetera. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Um, I think this movie fucking kicks ass, and <laughs> I don't know why I wasn't more excited to watch it. Like, like th- here are the things that it has going for it. One, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Loved Short Term 12. Thought Just Mercy was great. Uh, like, I, I guess the glass castle was just like so bad. I decided I didn't care about him directing (laughs) movies anymore. Um, but like directed by a guy I like, um, got very solid reviews when it came out set in San Francisco, which, you know, I'm a sucker for like having all the location based stuff. I should have been like champing at the bit to watch this movie. And for some reason I was just like, Oh, I guess it's on Disney plus Chris wants to review it. Okay, cool. We'll watch it. Um, by the time this fight 
on a Muni bus happens, I was sitting there thinking like, this might be like the coolest moment in a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think this movie is very strong, at least for the first half. I think the first half is so strong, it can do whatever the hell it wants to me in the second half, and I don't care. Like, I'm not getting off the bus at that point. Yeah. Um, it, it Right out the gate, it establishes a tone that is, it is within the Marvel brand, but I think it is distinct. Like, it first it has this kind of fairy tale beginning that feels very different from other Marvel movies, and then the present day Sean that we meet... Um, feels more like a normal believable person than most marvel movie characters are like yeah. it, it, this movie had genuine humor not just like I'm, I'm not saying the joss whedon type of humor isn't funny but this had more like people who are you know in their 20s or 30s talking the way that young people would talk and joking around kind of humor um it takes place in a very real feeling world at least at the beginning it, it i just thought it was so impressive and i was a really big fan i just had a big smile on my face for like the majority of this movie um yeah. especially as I, it's just so fun watching him kind of like i, I don't know I, I i'm scattered it, it isn't that he discovers who he is it's that we discover who he is and he has already known and there's something about changing the narrative to be that instead that just made it be so much more playful and easy to kind of like get on board for all the hoops the movie was make us jump through yeah. um i i think the action set pieces here with the exception of anything in the last part of the movie um are fantastic like um <laughs> Among the best in Marvel movies. I don't know if I've just been hungry for like a real Marvel movie, but I don't know. I, I, I thought it like the there's a fight sequence uh, in a different country that is a lot of fun. Uh, there is a sort of, I'll say, parkour type sequence that is great. A, uh, a chase moment. The bus sequence is fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was really great. I think it's clever what it does with uh, the Mandarin character. I think it was already spoiled enough in the news that uh, it at least references that character. So I won't go into more than that. Um, <laughs> I think it just has the the perfect mix of like the Marvel winking, like we're in on the joke attitude, as well as having some serious character development. And yeah, I even though I think the ending is probably kind of dumb, uh, I really <laughs> liked it. And a lot of it, so Simu Liu is a great star. I think he does a really great job here. Uh, Tony Leung as his dad is just a complete standout Marvel villain to me. I mean, he just brings so much to that role compared to the normal kind of weakness that Marvel has for their villain characters. Yeah. Um, I, I was just eating up this movie. Big fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think that this film is pretty great. Um, my honestly, my biggest complaint about this film is that it's not like a series that I can watch this whole story before this film starts. Um, like to this film's credit, this is one of the first Marvel films in a long time that feels like a standalone story, um, where it's, you are watching a complete self-contained story that has halfway through, you get, you get a sort of nod to the existence of the Marvel films and then a th uh, another quarter of the way f from the film, you get introduced to a character that you referenced a moment ago, um, who's yep. like another nod to the story. And then it's not really until the post credit scenes where it's like, it actually goes like 
in case you haven't figured it out, this is a Marvel film. I think for the most part, this film does an amazing job of just being its own self-contained thing that I had a lot of fun with and was genuinely interested in the story it was it was doing. So much so that like I there's no way this could ever be possible. But can you imagine if this film tried to play a split where you're just going to watch this martial arts film? You're watching it, you're watching it, and watching it, and then all of a sudden, right at the mm. fucking end, it goes, and by the way, this is a fucking Marvel movie. You, your brain would explode. I mean, there's no amazing. way they could do that, because this came to theaters, and they wanted people to buy tickets for it, and they don't, they don't want to like try to bank another Marvel film on, on, on a subtle introduction to a character into this universe. But can you imagine, like, obviously it would be a thing that like by now would have been spoiled to us, like, I mean, just the fact that it would be coming to Disney Plus <laughs> would be spoiling it. But like, yeah, could you imagine being in a theater and then getting to the end of this film and being like, "What the fuck? Oh my god! The, oh my god!" Like your brain would just explode and it'd be amazing. And, um, it, and it would work, which speaks to the quality of the movie. Like you could take away those little things that hinted at being a Marvel or superhero movie, yeah, and it would still be exactly as good. Like you would lose pretty much nothing, which I don't think you can say about almost any other Marvel film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I really think that, like, like obviously, as you referenced, it gets a little, um, gets a little wild at the end, <laughs> right? It kind of, be, it goes from being, like, a, a very, it's not grounded because there is fantastical elements to what you're seeing, but, but it is very, it's, it's in sort of a, I don't even know the non-derogatory way to say it, but it's in its own nice, neat package, right? And then towards the end, that package is opened like a Pandora's box, <laughs> And just all hell comes out, right? Um, but but beyond that, it's a really it's a really fun and interesting story, and I love too that this this technically this story is a save the world story, right? But it's also this really strongly tied together family story about um, a man who was given you know great power and did not have great responsibility with it, um, mm-hmm. became a living god. Um, like we've talked about how some of these other characters in the MCU are like living gods, right? The, the father figure in this family became sort of living God. These rings that he wielded bestowed upon him the power, which is essentially like that of a God and sort of wreaked havoc, havoc and like lived forever until he found somebody that he could fall in love with and sort of settle down. Didn't stop being an evil villain, but just became in love with, with this person and started a family. And like what you were watching is the ramifications of growing up in the shadow of somebody having to deal with that, your, your responsibility to a sibling and being their protect protector or somebody who is not allowed to be brought into the fold of the father. And like, there's a lot of really, really interesting family dynamics at play here that, that give this film emotional weight that a lot of the other films don't have. I mean, like some of the later Marvel films have emotional weight, but half of the emotional weight comes from having spent 10 years of our life with those characters, right? Like, uh, you know, the, the end of the arc of Tony Stark, it has weight because we have been with Tony for so long. In this film, there are moments that have similar amounts of weight that we've learned just from seeing this family interact, why that is important to all the people involved. So like seeing that is just, it's a breath of fresh air and it's, it's just something that like, we're not used to seeing. Um, 
I I know everybody loses their shit on the bus scene. Um, mm-hmm. For my money, my favorite fight is still the one-on-one fight between the the, the mom and the dad, basically, um, in the mm-hmm. in the earlier part. There's just I I I love everything that's at play in that scene. Like it's it's some of the better choreography that doesn't really require a set. Like obviously you have like wind and and sort of atmospheric effects that are playing in it, but it doesn't require a bus to be creating down at the San Francisco street to add the dynamicness of that fight. So just watching them play off each other and watching that like the entire courtship of a relationship happening in one fight was just like was super that like for me that for my money that's like the mvp fight scene in the film see i i I love what it does but i feel like the choreography is just so much more fun on the butt i mean it's the difference between like a classic wuxia like the crouching tiger aesthetic where there's kind of mystical elements versus the like very tactile like this is just like a beat-em-up movie but i'm I'm still a fan of the beat-em-up style (laughs) But it's also like a, it's a little bit of like the uh, like the Goku style of fighting, right? From Dragon Ball, where it's like half of it is just dodging other people's attacks and being like, "Oh, didn't get me," as opposed yeah. to like being just a badass and doing stuff that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I I had I had you know really fun with this film, and yeah, I I love what it's doing, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Not necessarily within the context of the M- MCU, but like watching these characters move and evolve um, is is something that will be exciting to see going forward. I would even love to see prequels. <laughs> yeah. I, I really want, I hope there's a Disney Plus series of the young Shang-Chi. Like when, I mean, what kind of sucks is story-wise, he leaves before, he leaves when he's assigned his first mission as an assassin. assassin but I would kind of love... I would have loved to seen a series that is him training to be an assassin going on some mission and then deciding what he decides in the flashbacks of this story after having complete, like I, I would just love to see that arc of him training up and then deciding to leave and run away uh, as like a prequel series. That would be super rad. Yeah, it, it would be though. I, I do think, I guess a prequel series would be okay now because the movie has done its magic trick already. But I do think maybe it's just that I didn't spoil anything for myself. Like I really didn't learn much about like the universe of Shang-Chi at all. So in this movie for the first 10, 15 minutes, I very plausibly believed I was watching Shazam, right? I was watching a thing where it's like, it's this normal guy and something is suddenly going to happen to him. Like he will receive these rings or something and all of a sudden he'll have these powers and he's going to have the thrill of discovery. And I'm still having fun. Like I was still like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Like I can't wait to watch that happen. And instead the reveal is just suddenly he's like, oh yeah, I can do this. (laughs) Like I've been doing this my whole life. And like there's just something so hilarious about that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely it's that, that's that's another thing too is is I am I am not somebody who who uh, shies away from trailers, right? Like I I love trailers. I love getting hyped for a film by rewatching a trailer a million times. You know, like I don't necessarily go frame by frame, um, but but it's like I, I I enjoy like yeah. Let me let me kick on this trailer and kind of see see what's going on. And there there are there are two things that like are a good example of going against that, right? Like you are watching a film where you know he's going to be a badass. So like mm-hmm. when Aquafina says like, does he look like a guy who can fight? You're like, 
we, we know he's Shang-Chi. Like, <laughs> that, it, it comes off as a joke because it's not going to be a surprise when he fights later. Because we know, if you've seen the trailer, you know there's a fight on a bus. You know this is the setup to that fight. It's not like, there, there's oh, no see, secret I forgot. there. <laughs> All right, I all completely right, cool. forgot. I was too busy being like, okay, wait a minute. He clearly is living in the Richmond, but this is on Noe now? Where is this <laughs> bus going? That was, that was where my head was at. You're just too distracted <laughs> with that. But yeah, yeah. But yeah so, so the second other example of that is there is a shot in the trailer, which I won't describe what's happening, but let's just say it heavily features the colors orange and blue. So, so in my head, I'm like, all right, so this is this. He is going to be given or open or find or have this. And then we're going to watch this thing that will like mathematically one and one equals two. And we're going to watch two. So like it was kind of a big surprise how two doesn't exist. It's really just one. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's it, I, I'm trying to not spoil this movie, but yeah, but yeah. I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I very much expected a different, I, I expected two sets of rings, not one set mm. of rings that people are going to fight over. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> I, one thing, so I've kind of been, I'm trying to tiptoe around spoilers, but basically the, I would say the second half of this movie takes place in a more fantastical s scenario. Um, yeah. like it, it opens up more to the kind of opening story and the history behind him and where he came from um, in a way that is a big swing. I think most of the swing does work, actually. Um, there's some creature design that I found pretty, pretty entertaining, uh, especially there's a moment where you see like there's these classic kind of guardian lions that you see in Chinese architecture and stuff. And here you see like actual physical furry ones wandering around and it seemed like they had a lot of fun with kind of like taking characters out of mythology and just making them real creatures yeah um the only part of the kind of fantastical one that i didn't buy at all was any giant cg fight sequence because i still yeah. feel like this is the one thing every marvel movie no matter how good it has to end with like blue lasers and giant cg spectacle in the end i don't know why i don't know who is forcing that to be true every time i don't know who they're trying to appease um but it is the only thing that took me out of the movie and i was already in too deep to really care i was just like okay i love this movie and this is dumb but it's fine i still love the movie yeah um this is this is not this, this is not a real complaint um but it is something that like i, I feel begs to be brought up um and it's not just because of aquafina but like there, like the end of this film, there's a whole lot of overlap between this and Raya and the Last Dragon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like everything from the uh, yeah, time. yeah the, the 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 smoky type creatures that are sort of like you know they're they're sort of like little smoke monsters and like the pulling of souls out of things and like there there's so much overlap in like what is happening there that it definitely weirded me out a little bit, <laughs> but it, it did make me wonder when was. Because did Chung chi get pushed back at all, or did it come out at its original date? I have no idea. Okay. Well, it, it definitely made me curious about, like, if those were closer together in release, if, if like, it would have been even weirder. But um, it definitely gave me some of those vibes, which is, which is fine. But, like, it just, it was kind of funny. 
Yeah, no, I, I had the exact same thought. The more the film went on, the more it became Raya and the Last Dragon, which is partly why I felt like you don't have to do this. You have so many things you could be. You don't have yeah. to pick this one. Um, but hey, I can't, I can't stay mad at it. And and even with the kind of goofy CG spectacle at the end, I still like. I I think I mentioned Crouching Tiger before. Like Michelle Yeoh, we get to see her in this movie. Tony Leung is also a legend. Like it, it's fine. It's fun watching them. It. Even at its worst, this movie is like strictly better than the Mulan movie that Disney made oh, yeah. before well, in I terms mean, of taking famous martial arts people and letting us watch them in a like big spectacle. Um, yeah, that's, so, yeah, that's 100% true. Um, I, I have a question. I hope this doesn't spoil too much. Is there a hint in the folklore of this movie that the city they are protecting is tied with other incredibly powerful cities that we've seen in marvel movies in the past i mean i only know of one yeah <laughs> i guess technically I, there's there's well that yeah this would be the second one on earth and then there's one incredibly powerful mm-hmm. city in another place um but i yeah. i have i have no idea lore wise as they're okay in, yeah. in, in the lore they talk about like we were protecting not only this city but there are other cities like it that are a part of our world and it was a quick flash and i couldn't tell if it was showing me art from other locations i've seen before or if it was like restricted to this uh version of china that the movie has yeah so so i don't know i'm gonna say something that is completely uh a stupid a stupid thought because um i believe neither of us have seen the eternals um, but I have read one issue of the Eternals comic. I don't even know which run it is. I just opened it up on like the Marvel Unlimited app one time and I was like, wonder if I should check this out. And then I read one issue and like never came back to it. But, uh, I did wonder given the implication that these rings are much, much older than the, the time that their father has, has been in position of them. I did wonder if there was going to be some sort of tie in to, uh, the Eternals in some way, but having not seen that scene the, or that that film, I have no idea if there is. But um, mm-hmm. in a similar sense, that like I like because the Eternals, as I understand it, are beings that are like on the planet trying to like protect it from potential threats that could come from elsewhere. So I I, I think very specific threat <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so it, it did make me wonder like this, yeah. It, it it just we'll we'll, we'll see yeah. when we next when that arrives on Disney Plus and we finally watch it. So, so I was so high on Marvel after watching this movie. I watched this movie on Friday after work, and I was so pumped. I like started looking at the Alamo screenings downstairs, and I saw that there was a seat left for the Eternals yep. for the seven thirty show. And I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking go watch the Eternals. And then I looked at the runtime, and I was like, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> nice so i'm just gonna have to wait for it to come on disney plus that movie's yeah. like almost three hours long i'm i'm shocked yeah well it's not called the whatever the opposite of eternal is it's not yeah. called the finite <laughs> i i have a joke somewhere about it being called like the auteur nulls auteurs because marvel takes like auteur filmmakers and ruins them but i haven't seen it yet so i can't make the joke <laughs> Very nice. Um, um, what what did Shang-Chi and his sister think their jade talismans were for? <laughs> yeah, so, so to me, I, what I assumed 
was that they would be some sort of homing beacon, which would lead them to their parents' house. <laughs> I took the story of what it does to be quite literal, um, mm -hmm. but uh, I guess they, they knew they'd figure it out. Mm -hmm. it, it just seemed like they were, they're terrified of their dad getting them because it's like, oh no, this is, this is terrible, this is bad. But then it seems like its only use is one that they would have known already or else they wouldn't know there was anything special about them. I don't know. It, it, there was something that was odd about how that scene played out to me. Yeah, like like for me, I kind of... And that's the thing too is I I know it's called Chi and it references the Ten Rings, but I at that point in time, I don't know if I quite understand that the father's like gang is called the Ten Rings. Um, mm -hmm. Like obviously he wields Ten Rings, but like... I, it could have been like another group of people who worship these rings and his dad just happens to have them. So I didn't know yeah. if he, he, until he was like, yeah, why does my dad want this stuff? I didn't know if it was just like other people trying to use it to find the dad maybe, or like some other type of thing. I just, I wasn't hundred percent certain what was going on there, but one minor nitpick I have to make is this is one of those movies that decides to live in a world where viral videos exist you know, the bus scene becomes yeah. a viral video, uh, which is very funny. I get it. It, it. It's referenced in the movie that people recognize him from that. But then at the end of the movie, his friends are like not believing any of the story that he and Aquafina are telling them. And I feel like he's in a viral video. You should know the story already. <laughs> like I mean, everyone who knows him should know about this. He was in a viral video where he was fighting on a bus. Cool. But the other stuff is pretty fantastical sounding, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Still, I feel, I feel like if they had seen the bus part, they would they'd yeah. be on board. Um, so one question about the big dude with the, the sword hand. Mm -hmm. Where does that sword go when he's not... Like, can he just not bend his elbow <laughs> while the sword's in there? It'd be a nightmare. Imagine if he had like an itch on his face. It would just be <laughs> devastating. Because what's weird is there's some scenes where he's attaching something different there. But I'm pretty sure the first time we see him, he goes like, shink, and like Wolverine style pulls it out. But I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, honestly, I don't remember because instead of seeing the Eternals after this movie, I watched Enter the Dragon, which has a person <laughs> who like detaches his hand and puts on different weapons. <laughs> so I like, I cannot remember wh which is which character now. Gotcha. Cool. <laughs> uh, we, ha we, haven't, we haven't hit this beat yet, but obviously we can at least mention the representation in this film. Like, obviously, two white guys on a podcast might not have the most to say on it, but it is cool to see it happen. And it is interesting that, like, this is like a fully Asian-led story. It is not just a normal Marvel story. It actually deals with uh, the culture and the family dynamics, stuff like that. And that's, that's pretty awesome to see. And just to know that, like, this is going to go on in the MCU... It could spin its own things and carry on on its own, but they're definitely tying it to the main storyline and Shang-Chi is going to appear theoretically within the main canon of whatever's moving forward after this. Um, so that is cool. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it makes it frustrating that it took so long because it's so like effortlessly cool a movie too. Like yeah. it, it isn't like, this is not one of those movies that I mean, never underestimate the power of internet people to be just horrible but this isn't one of those movies that i imagine the internet people even being like oh but they're just trying like this movie kicks ass <laughs> like, yeah. like this 
this is such a cool movie that is also like effortlessly diverse. And I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, like, and it does it in a way that is badass on its own without having to be part of the thing that we already care about. Like just going mm-hmm. back to what I said er- earlier, I would have loved to have watched this entire movie, been stoked about it. And then at the end, find out that this is like Marvel going forward and been like, Oh shit. Um, but, yeah. but alas, we had to we had to know ahead of time that it was Marvel. I've I've got to say, and this is a tangent for this particular movie, but I'm having trouble seeing the vision of how Marvel movies will assemble everyone together moving forward because it just seems like there are so many characters now, yeah. especially with the Eternals. I I just don't. I wonder if the tenor will be just different from the Avengers style movies in the past, where like they can't they can't have the whole gang together anymore and they'll just be like side quests with like various pairings of people instead. I mean, if you, if you think about it, that is the trajectory they've established without focusing too much on it. Right. Like originally it was, it was like self-contained these heroes on earth. And then, you know, you added the Asgardian side of things. Um, and Thor is able to transfer back and forth and go do things away and do things here. And that was sort of like, they were adding space, but not really focusing on it. Um, and then it went Guardians of the Galaxy, which opened up to a whole galaxy of all these different places you could go. Like you can break up the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. into separate groups of people that could go off on one-off missions together. Um, and then you got Captain Marvel that's coming in that's also spanning the universe, you know, jumping around stuff. Then like as they add more stuff and they're adding like the magic with Doctor Strange and they're adding whatever it turns out these rings are from Shang-Chi. <laughs> like, there is so much... They are... While, you know, it's doing, like, uh, you know, like, the the theory of the universe expanding and contracting and, like, re-big banging or whatever, it's sort of that sort of yeah. thing, right? Where it's, like, we had this little point of energy that was super, super strong, <laughs> and that exploded, gave us all these things, everything's compacting, and then now it's going to explode off in different directions, and, like, there's potential for... You know, obviously, they're, they're never going to not have team-up films because that's how you get people suckered in and have them come back for everything that they want to see every single thing because they need to. But, like, you know, the fact that we have all the, you know, like 20 different series that are going to come to Disney+, Plus, plus all these different movies that are going to continue their own arcs, and there's, there's plenty of chance for people to break off and do something that's theoretically self-contained. Um, but they... But it's... I, I feel like Shang-Chi has the more of a chance to have self-contained stories because it has so much um, rich story there to mine that doesn't require it to be connected to Thanos or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I kind of feel like the universe is just getting so big now, especially with all the Disney plus shows and everything else that it, for people like me who have been completists, I think we are nearing a point where I will just not be able to be a completist anymore. And if more people are like me, it might have an effect where I prefer only self-contained things because the allure of this all ties together becomes like a threat <laughs> rather than a yeah. temptation. Because now I'm like, damn it, this all ties together, but I didn't watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> but what, what's funny, though, is, I mean, first of all, you don't have to watch that one. I mean... You'll you'll want to at least understand why the next time you see Falcon is going to look real different. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but all that being said, um, it is from a from a company. Here's what's interesting, right? 
just just like think about it from like um you know like a, a facebook da- data mining sort of of collection right all the people who are like you who are not going to keep up in real time right when they do a team up movie that movie will be on the streaming platform that allows them to know exactly like we release this on a friday and by monday 27 million people went back and binged the entire series that this other character who's in the team up but is not the primary person was so like they will literally be able to put in smaller characters throw them into a team up movie and watch the numbers go up on the series yeah, they that di- manipulate the market whenever they want just by like referencing someone yeah yeah no I, 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 and it's like is it evil? Sure. Is this the least evil version of this type of shit that companies do? 100%. Like, I just, I just like the idea of them being able to test the waters in their own platform, which they have already suckered everybody into paying for, and, and allow it to be like, uh, like, hey, instead of having to do like Twitter polls and hope people really, really like this little, you know, tiny character in the story, they can go like, shit, everybody really wants to see this person. And here are the numbers that back that up. Let's give these people a movie, right? Like it's or these characters, I should say. Um, I just think it's 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 potential to grow the character base and allow them to play with lesser known characters that could be potentially more fun. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in the near future. I mean, they're also planning like five years ahead <laughs> with all this shit. So who knows how quickly they can move with some of these, uh, the, the data they're getting from this, but it, it is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Cool. Any last thoughts, Stephen? <laughs> nope. That's all I got. This makes me want to go back and be a completist again. Maybe I need to go back and check out uh, black widow, which I think we both missed. Uh, maybe you caught it. I, I, yeah. I saw it. We just never, we did, okay. just didn't do a review of it. <laughs> Mm. Oh, is that one that you caught in theaters? No, no, no. I, I watched it on Disney Plus when it launched. I paid twenty dollars or whatever. That didn't go to. <laughs> yeah, hope Scarlet got a cut somehow <laughs> at some point. Uh, but yeah, so that is. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our verdicts then, Stephen. If you're going to give us a must see, recommend the caveat, wait for rental, pass the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving this a must-see. It just, it was so fun. I was just, like, delighted. At least through the first half, two-thirds of the movie, it just felt like a nonstop, like, just, you know, home run after home run. Um, And I think it is a great opening to a new character in the Marvel Universe. And it honestly, I've had Marvel fatigue for a while, and this kind of undid that. This made me re-excited about what a Marvel movie can do. So, big fan. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a must see for me as well. I, I, I haven't yet got Marvel fatigue. I'm, I'm, um, I mean, the only way you can count it as Marvel fatigue is if you count the fact that I haven't watched what if yet. Um, but like I've Mm -hmm. consumed everything else and I've been mostly trying to stay current. Um, but this feels like separate and I don't need to care. Um, and I can watch it whenever. I think what if by definition is the one that you can truly not watch and still be fine with canon, right? <laughs> I mean, who knows? There, there might be something in like the freaking No Way Home that like causes all these things to not be what ifs, but be actual realities of uh, what yeah. did could happen. I don't know. But uh, uh, ironically enough, I didn't watch what if and I did not watch. Uh, I, well, I watched half of the Star Wars Visions series which is um you know all those little tiny short films um 
but uh that that has no uh, bearing on what we're talking about here we're talking about shang chi loved it must see everybody watch it and uh yeah that's it <laughs> end of story um uh, i i just have to say even though i i think aquafina mostly works in this movie sometimes she feels like She's laying on the normal Aquafina stick a bit too far, but there was something about hearing the word vagina uttered in a Marvel movie that like just made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, we've entered new territory now. We're not, this isn't Iron Man anymore. Uh, yep. Um, also, also, I really hope those buses have an e-brake in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, I think the point was that, like it was cut by, uh, by the arm arm cutter guy man yeah but that would be like the the air like there should be like a handbrake or some like physical thing true i just hope i hope there is otherwise i'm never riding one of those again (laughs) (laughs) i mean i just feel like there's paths those buses could take that aren't down a really steep ass hill but Mm -hmm. also you just gotta crash it alongside a a, a dump truck and a bunch of cars and you're good yeah um but yeah speaking of aquafina she didn't bother me in the film i don't like that she magically uh not magically but she she's very adept at certain skills that there's no reason why she would have (laughs) and it's just that they could keep her along see i I think see you're you're talking about a certain um uh, physical capability, but I think the movie's inconsistent in her ability to speak Chinese, which is interesting. Like, the beginning of the movie, she needs Shang to translate for her, and then by the end, she's, like, taking orders from <laughs> mystical people. But but I think uh, the... When she needs to be translated, it's, like, really fast conversations and not, like, barked orders of, like, grab mm-hmm. that and shoot thing. <laughs> right? Like, it's... I feel yeah, like okay. she, she says my Chinese is like rusty. Certain words, certain words that they order her later would not come up in daily conversation with your grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't learn them by osmosis. But maybe, maybe from contact. I don't speak Chinese, so... Yeah. Neither, neither do I. <laughs> I could be wrong. But, yeah. I also don't speak Archer, but I feel... <laughs> yeah, never watched it. But I, I just, you know what I'm saying though? Like, I feel like I, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> hey, maybe this is the new Hawkeye. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. It, <laughs> Hawkwafina. <laughs> nice. Nah. And on that note. Yeah, don't nice that. I, I can do better. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate Hawkwafina. Um, but anyways, that's going to be our review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me driving my car through a very strange forest. <laughs> um, or you can go over to ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, we're going to take off and um, we're going to do a review of another film that finally came to a platform that we could watch it on, and that is No Time to Die. No Time to Die.